This uh, morning we had a very uh, pointed word, one that really cut through the tinsel to the truth of, of what, uh, what God's purpose is, that he's the one who ultimately gives us the greatest gift, not only a salvation, but the gift of his spirit. And uh, I really appreciated the message. I'd like to continue a little bit uh, with uh, some of the thoughts that uh, Brother Phil had. And let's read together from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Sorry, Matthew, that was. Matthew, I apologize. Matthew, chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they were come into the house... They saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. And in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, a lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. 
But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. <clears throat> For they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. This morning, as uh, Brother Phil was meditating on that greatest of gifts, which the Lord wants us to ask of him intentionally, with importunity, with diligence, with repeated obvious desire, the gift of the Holy Spirit, he meditated a little bit on what types of obstacles there might be in us receiving that Holy Spirit or us being willing to make that request to really want the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he mentioned that uh, he himself remembers being rather hesitant and, and, and careful how he prayed to God that he would not bind himself to, to be too open to do whatever God asks because God might ask him to do something that uh, he would kind of be, he said, like giving the keys to his car, the, the steering wheel of his life, and God might ask him to go and do things that he would not be willing. And he mentioned that was misunderstanding the character of God. So in our story, I want to the, the, the account here of, of Jesus' birth and the amazing circumstances around it, I want to just take a moment to look at this from the perspective of Herod, the king. We've uh, meditated together, especially midweek, we've looked at the, the wise men, their gifts, their meaning, the, 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 king, the gold representing his kingship, the... the uh, uh, frankincense, his priesthood, and the myrrh, his sacrificial death, and, and the star and the amazing um, timing of God that we can see planned millennia ahead of time that is all so intricate. But as we look at Herod's perspective, Herod was, um, he was a, a Edomite. He had some Arab blood in him. And uh, he uh, was quite savvy politically and quite a great builder. And he got in with the Roman uh, authorities and he uh, w was given an army to come back and reconquer Palestine from the Parthians that had temporarily taken it. And he became king of Judea. And he built amazing things. He built... Um, Caesarea, the, the remains are still there today, the amazing amphitheater and, and modern uh, plumbing and, and aqueduct system. He built, uh, rebuilt Samaria, and of course, well, he was very famous for rebuilding the temple itself. And, and he, uh, when he got to the throne, he divorced his wife and married the Hasmonean uh, princess, uh, Mariam, uh, which Hasmonean mean from the Maccabees. The Maccabees had revolted and was kind of, they, that got him in favor with the conservative 
uh, religious Jews because he wasn't really a Jew, and so he got himself some legitimacy by building the temple, by marrying into their royalty. But he was always a bit of an outsider. Now, for all the good that he and his political machinations and, and building had done to bring some prosperity to Jerusalem, he was insecure. And I think we can all recognize that when we build our kingdoms, because we're all, we all have dominion, we're all given by God free will, and we can all choose and we have choices um, within our sphere, within our domain, we are uh, able to make free choices, some to greater degree than others, some responsible for more than others, but we, we all have dominion at least over those keys to our heart, to, to the door that Jesus may be knocking on. And if we choose to, when we, we come to this crisis point, which we see Herod facing here, where the wise men come into Jerusalem and they're saying that a king is born, king of the Jews, and this is a crisis point for Herod. He has to choose whether to uh, double down uh, and, and, and use his considerable power that he thinks he has access to, to to retain control over his kingdom or whether he's going to uh, be open to God's plan. Of course, he interpreted this kingdom of Jews as a direct threat to, to him. Uh, he was getting older. He was dealing with uh, all of our kingdoms that are built on our strength will eventually be shaken. This is a truth that I've seen in my life and lies around me. The empires we build will be tested and their limits will be found. Uh, thinking of Daniel, Daniel had that amazing vision where he saw the, the head of gold the arms of silver, the, the thigh, the midsection of brass, and, and the legs of iron, these uh, great empires from Babylonian, Persian, Greek, and Rome, and in you know, maybe descending glory but increasing brutality, uh, the, the power that was there to, to, to suppress and, and, and control more and more of this earth. And we know in Revelation 13, there will be yet another kingdom that's going to incorporate bits of all of them. It's got the leopard and the bear and, and, and all of those in that great beast of the final world kingdom that's going to then extend around the, the globe entirely. And then Daniel saw in his vision a stone that was cut without hands. It was cut without hands. And that stone came and smashed to pieces all of these worldly kingdoms. Why cut without hands? Because everything we build with our hands, every empire we build, despite how glorious with the gold of Babylon or how, how efficient and, and uh, organized 
as we look back and we see the Roman power and, and their engineering and their ingenuity and their political system, and we, we marvel at what they were able to accomplish. But in spite of all human ingenuity and power, it's all unable to retain control. That the Bible says in Hebrews that what can be shaken will be shaken till what's unshakable remains. And, and this is true in our lives. Now Herod's resisting that. Herod is insecure. He's saying, I'm going to keep control of my life. He doesn't realize God is here to bless him. God is sending a savior for the things he cannot save himself to save his soul, to free him. But rather than open his heart to what God is sending in this baby that is coming to preach the truth that he needs to simply humble himself to receive the goodness of God, he responds in his insecurity by putting up the walls and, and, and suppressing any potential threat to his kingdom. And, and he, it, we can see just how, how sad as he slaughters all these babies, innocent babies from Bethlehem in order to, to suppress. He, he, he uses intrigue. He uses political savvy. He smooth talks the wise men, says, I want to worship too. Just, just tell me. Come back and let me know. But God is wiser than that. God is able to reveal even supernaturally to the wise men that, that this is a setup and that they should go a different way home. God is supernaturally able to, to, uh, to warn Joseph that he flees in the night and is able to escape even the uh, immediate wrath of the tyrant who's in control. Herod is thinking in this world's terms. He's thinking in terms of material power. And he thinks that with his material power, he's going to stop the God of the universe from fulfilling his plan. And we look at that and we say, you know, he was pretty foolish. He was pretty brutal. He's going to be known, in despite of all his glorious building projects, he's going to be known as a brutal, bloody tyrant an insecure person dying in death, murdering his beautiful wife that he loves and his their children and mother-in-law and father-in-law and in his paranoia, in his insecurity, he destroys more and more of the things he loves to try to retain control over the things he cannot control. God is there trying to give him blessing. But he perceives God's attempt to bless as a threat to his comfort and control. God wants to give us good things. God wants to give us not stones, not serpents, but his Holy Spirit, his salvation. That's why Jesus came. 
Not to take, but to give. Not to rule, but to serve. But we need to surrender. The things that we cannot keep. The things that we cannot keep. Herod's at the end of his life. He's got to answer for years of brutality. What he really needs is to be able to face his God without fear. He desperately needs what this baby has to offer him. But he tries to keep the things he cannot keep. My dear friend, are you trying to keep the things you cannot keep? Are you so insecure that you see the God of the universe coming in love to serve you, to die for you as a threat? That you need to lift the drawbridge and, and, and to shoot the messenger, to, to perhaps mock and demean and, and using whatever uh, way to, to silence the words that bring discomfort because they reach the heart. I ask you to take a lesson from Herod. Don't allow your fear and your insecurity to keep you from receiving the blessing of God. The Christmas story is not all tinsel and Christmas gifts under the green tree. It's rather gritty. It's rather bloody because Jesus didn't come into a flannel graph story. He came into real life and took the lowest position to be able to show us that there is a way to make a way that any of us can walk that none of us are disqualified from, that none of us cannot relate to say, this is not something that power or privilege or, or money, but this is what God has done. He's come to take from the lowest to be with him, and he's offering you that. But it does require, it does require you to surrender the crown that you cannot keep to receive a kingdom that will not end. When we look again and head in Revelations to, to those around the throne of Jesus, to the worship scene where there'll be a voice, where we think it's amazing when we have, you know, maybe a camp, we have 100, 200, 300 voices, 1,000 voices worshiping God, and when the passion and, the, and people are, are really putting their hearts out. It, it, it's a foretaste of heaven. And there, there's a multitude that cannot be named, numbered from every nation, and they're worshiping the lamb that was slain. And their ultimate act of worship is to take that crown that they had and to throw it on that crystal sea through sea before God and worship him. This Christmas... 
I challenge you to give what you cannot keep, to receive what you cannot lose, the gift that Jesus came to give. Peter, a film that uh, from the children's time and just seeing again just yesterday, it seemed when our children were, were babes in the high chair and, and yet the time's flown till we can see now and later years Our life doesn't last forever. It's such a blink. And, and how do I want to be when I get to, not, not everyone has by reason of strength uh, able to get to 90, but as we face the end of our days, that is not that far away. I'm a lot closer to it than I was to, to um, to the kitchen table in Kex or to my, my babies, I'm, I'm much closer to when I will be facing the king. And as I will be at that time, which I know seems impossibly remote to a lot of you, what do I want to be like? Do I want to be as, you know, our older sisters that are joyfully looking forward to being with their Lord, their loved ones? Or do I want to be like this king who is in pain, is distrusting everyone around him, whose who, who's very power by which he has achieved this pinnacle is now a double-edged sword that is destroying all that is beautiful and that he loves, but he won't let it go. We don't think often about that. It's maybe on a day like tomorrow morning when people will be sitting in front of a casket we take time to sing our hymn number 253 and we think about how fleeting the time is and, and how little time we have to prepare for that moment that everyone will face. And I just want to encourage each of us to, to take those, that hymn to heart as it encourages us to, to not be like Herod Fleeting is my span of years, swiftly to the grave I hasten. Ah, who knows what joys or tears, while I live, may cheer or chasten. Think, O oh man, on death each day. One thing's needful, nor delay. You may say that's morbid, Edmund. We're about to go into to a time of celebration of, you know, if the advertisements are to believe, be believed, a time of indulgence and binge-watching and, and overeating. 
I don't want to think about death now. No. We have to keep the end in mind. If any enterprise you're on, you need to know, if you want to finish well, you need to know how you're going to cross that finish line. Live as thou, when thou must die, wouldst have thy life recorded. Worldly goods that thou canst buy, honors with which men rewarded, not in death can be of worth, for these treasures are of earth. But a heart that good doth love, and a conscience that's supplying witness unto God above, will give thee true peace when dying. Such a heart by God restored, great calm can in death afford. May each of us indeed receive the things we cannot lose and not be fooled by the things we cannot keep. With that, we would conclude this afternoon's service.